This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Episode 5 of the MVSP. I'm your host, Brandon Wirth, alongside my very well-known co-host, Mr. Joe Nagy. Hello, everybody. Today, we're riding the tandem bicycle. It's just us two today. We do not have a guest, and the reason why is we have a new segment that we are super excited about. The Hot 5 later in the show. You're not going to want to miss it. But first, as always, Ferris Sports this weekend. Joe, what do we got? We got the Lake Superior State game coming up today, actually, at 5 o'clock. Hopefully, we can get a dub here so we can get set up a very nice uh, number one seed. We already have it clinched for the GLIAC tournament. Um, we have it over Grand Valley. We clinched the North, um, I think it was last weekend, uh, with the win over Wisconsin Parkside and Purdue Northwest. But I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, we only won both teams, the men and women's team. Uh, they clinched, but they uh, are they only beat Lake Superior State by 10 uh, last time they met, uh, I think it was about a month ago. I'm pretty excited for it, uh, but Brandon, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, super excited. Now, the last regular season game, but Ferris has been hot recently. I mean, after their win against uh, Parkside recently, uh, Dorian Aluhi had 20 points. That was absolutely huge for him, especially since he's not one of the more dynamic scorers yeah. on the team. But, yeah, we're looking super good. I'm really excited. I mean, we've already beat these guys before at their place, and now we're on, on our home turf in I wouldn't call it the dog pound because that's kind of the hockey thing, but it's I guess, it's just wink. Yeah, I guess we're it, in wink, and that's got to be exciting. Last regular season game of the year. Yeah, and I think it's gonna have a very good atmosphere. I think people are gonna be excited to come, especially since we clinched the number one seed. So we have a very good team. Like Walt Kelser last time they met, he had thirty four points. Dorian and Louis had twelve, and D'Angelo Hughes had ten. And along with that, Greg Williams with fourteen, Mason Pline with eleven. I think if we have that same energy, if we have a lot of guys scoring in double digits, and not only that, just playing the way we play, which is fast, I think we can really control the game against LSSU, especially with just, uh, I think with the amount of momentum we have behind us right now, with we're kind of comfortable right now since we know we're, we have the number one spot. Right now it's just kind of a statement game where we're saying we're not going to let up even though we know we're just going to show everybody that we mean business. We're ready for the league tournament. I think Bronco is going to let the guys know that, hey, this is no regular game. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're in such a role. And now that this game is, you wouldn't have to say that it's not really an important game. Because, I mean, it's it's another game. I mean, you've already clinched. But this is a good opportunity to get other guys in there, obviously, that don't normally play. You want to keep our guys healthy, of course, and not do something dumb and have them play 40 minutes straight and get hurt. But Definitely, yeah. It's one of those games where you're just going to be fine-tuning a lot of things. You're going to be trying some new stuff that you might want to throw out there in a worst-case scenario in a tournament game. You might want to be trying some of these things. Now, obviously, you have to keep um, tabs on other people in the stands because this, this time of the year is where people really start looking at other teams and what they're doing, obviously. But, I mean, we're 16-2 and two at home. That's really good. We I really yeah, we like only our chances. lost to I think it was did we lose to Davenport at home? No, we lost to them at Davenport. We lost to Northwood at home and Lewis at home. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. Oh, that's like the that, that was, was our, like the first That was our games. very first loss of the season was against Lewis, but yeah. that was back in how long ago? Like so, 2 months or so yeah. like that. I'm not but worried. I'm, I'm more ex- I'm more excited just to see um just how we come out at first because we've always been a second half team with how much, I mean, we run the press in the first half, but it feels like we just kind of take a little bit of time to get set into our groove because a lot of times we, I feel like we go, I mean, not, we go not too, let me rephrase it. It's not like we go too fast because we've seen how fast we can play. I feel it's just, we, we catch ourselves off guard sometimes. And I, I think that's just one of the main reasons why we have to kind of slow down halfway through the first half and then kind of pick it up in the second because I've seen that a lot of times where we start out hot, kind of slow down, and like kind of regroup, and then that's kind of when we lose that steam and then we go into the locker room, come out hot, and then we kind of just don't let off the gas for the second half. Yeah, I, I believe that we are a very good second-half team, especially compared to some other teams that I've seen. Um, I would say Tech might be the the most gil- are guilty of this is they start off real hot and then they start fading towards the half end but 
anyway, moving on now into the women's side. They also play it tonight at 7.30, I believe. Yeah, 7.30. Yeah, they play after the men's game. Yep, they're following the men's game. So stick around for the women's game. They are taking on the Lakers as the men's team is. They're doing just as well, and I feel like we should be giving more praise to them as well. Definitely. They won last game 81-71. to uh, Looking at the stat sheet, they they were just in control the whole game. They were only outscored in the fourth quarter by like seven points. But still, if Riley Blair and Mallory, McCart- Mallory McCartney with the, shoot- the shooter that she is, along with uh, Adrian Anderson, how she's been playing lately, I feel like we got – I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel like with the talent we have and how well our talent has been playing lately, I think we have it locked up. And already we're, we've clinched the North, so we have that number one seed going into the GLIAC tournament. But I think it's just going to be the same with the men's game. It's just going to be a statement game. Yeah, statement game. Also tuning up, like I said, with the guys' team earlier. And the, they've played very well against Parkside in their last game. And we had four players in double figures, including um, Anderson, like you said, as well as Riley Blair and um, Mallory McCartney. They all played very. They all played very well. Lily George also played really well. She had 14 as well. This team is exciting. I think we can do a lot of great things. And there's a lot of other great teams in the GLIAC or on the women's side. Obviously, Ashland is by far the best team. But it's going to be exciting in this tournament because every tournament, if everybody knows a good college tournament, it's not going to be a chalk tournament. There's it's going not to be, be guaranteed at all. No. There's always going to be that one Cinderella. There's going to be Cinderella, not, yeah, Cinderella yeah. team that it just kind of kind of shocked the world. And I think if we want to transition into the GLIAC tournament right now, Brandon, I think that that team for the men's side at least, um, I think for the northern side it's going to be, uh, excuse me, it's going to probably be Michigan Tech, even though they're second in the north and I think third overall. I think they're going to probably pull up a lot of upsets and they're going to. They're kind of like that team right now where, like, in the GLIAC, especially for me, I didn't really think about them as a threat too much at the start since we already had, like, those – I think we were on, like, an eight-game win streak when we met them. I'm not sure. I'll have to check that. Um, but I think that they're going to probably prove to be kind of like that sleeper team along with Davenport, I think, as well. Yeah, they're 6-4 they're and four in their last 10, so they're kind of in the, the – hit the middle of the road here at the end of the season. But, yeah, they're, they're third overall. They've already clinched. So their their last game is also going to be more of a laid back tune up game, but I mean Northwood could honestly get hot as well. We saw that against Ferris that when they're hot, they're hot. They're doing really good. Mm-hmm. But, I, and Jack Ammerman too, when he scored, what was it like thirty six on yeah, us or something he had like that? Thirty one or thirty? No, thirty three, I believe. When but, he we saw when he was hot, whew. he was he was pulling shots when he had three guys on him off balance, kind of like fading to the left. And he's able to just knock it down. And I think if he get he is able to get hot, he's going to prove he's going he, him and Northwood, excuse me, is going to prove a very tough challenge for them to get past anyone. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not worried about Grand Valley as much, and that might just be my inner bulldog kicking in and just kind of kicking them aside because we don't really want to talk about them. Yeah, but Davenport is also another team that could they could make a run. I mean, they started out really strong. They were the ones that gave. The Bulldogs, the first away loss of the season was over there at Davenport. But they have a team that could compete. They're really tough. I mean, they've hit some bumps in the road. I mean, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So they're, I wouldn't call them struggling here at the end of the season, but they're not where they want to be, I feel like. I think the tournament is going to be a good place for them, not to restart, but just kind of like take a step back and realize what they have to do along with just like, like what the, realize what they've done in this season so far and how how good of a team they are. I mean, hates for me to say it since I don't want them to win, but yeah. just realize that they are a really good team. I mean, oh, yeah. they beat us. They've just had a lot of wins that kind of have cemented them into that number four spot. I feel like they should have been over. I feel like they're a better team than Michigan Tech in my opinion, but I mean, with that four spot, they could do a lot of damage. Yeah, I could almost agree with that, with them being better than Tech. I mean, Tech has um, their number 30. There's, he's their main guy. He's going to be have the ball in his hands majority of the game. Mm-hmm. But Davenport overall as a unit, I feel like might be a little bit better. But, I mean, still a great testament, though, to Michigan Tech because they have a lot of great supporting pieces around him as well, especially when I watch that game. Um, but we were almost going to talk about Parkside being a threat. I mean, they started off pretty decent they were 10 and 7 they were pulling off some close games and some wins and then 
Yeah, they kinda, lost ten kinda, in a row. Went down a little bit. I mean, with those games that we played, I was at, I was at the one that they played here against Wisconsin Parkside, and when they played against them, it was kind of like the Northwood game, how they were close, like basically the whole game. But I mean, Ferris kind of started to pull away near the end, but they were like pretty close. Um, I'll give it a check again, but I mean, it just comes down to them just trying to play well, I guess you could say, and just I don't, just do what they need to do because in the first. In the first half, they, the last game that they played against them, uh, which was at Ferris State, or the second, the first time that they faced each other, uh, Ferris outscored them 54 to 27 in the first half. But in the second half, they turned around and outscored them 51 to 39. Yeah. So they're capable of being a good team. It just, I feel like it's just going to come down to whether they can, kind of push past those, push past maybe a rough start that they might have, or just kind of like who they're playing against and just kind of play the basketball that they. That we know that they've been able to play, and I, I mean, hopefully it doesn't stop Ferris and stuff like that, and hopefully Ferris can get the win in the GLIAC. But I think it's just going to come down to them just playing well against those tough teams. Yeah, I would, I definitely agree with that. And one thing to note about the South is the first team has been decided. Grand Valley will mm-hmm. be getting the bye; they have clinched already. But underneath of them, there are three teams battling for that second spot: Davenport, like we were talking about. Northwood as well. They they've kind of switched it up now. Yeah. After that after that Ferris game when they beat us, they've kind of switched it and turned it on to get past the yeah, all the other guys. They've kind of turned it around and then Saginaw Valley as well, which we haven't talked about very much. They've been kind of sleeping and sleeping themselves into that position kind of Cinderella style, but this could this could be a big game tonight for these three schools trying to get there by cuz it's wide open. Definitely, yeah. And, I mean, when we played against Saginaw Valley, it was an extremely close game. I think there was, like, probably, like, four or five lead changes. But near the end, we we once again pulled away with that second-half mentality or whatever. But, I mean, after that, I think they kind of had – I mean, not like a kick in the, gu- in the gut or whatever, but they kind of had a reality check where, like, we're, we're in that spot in the south where we could either – just lay over and give into like where we're almost at, which was at, they were lower. I think Northwood was ahead of them at the time, mm-hmm. and then I think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and then they kind of turned it on and was able to get into the third spot. I mean, they just kind of have to battle against Northwood to get to sec- secure that spot. Um, uh, but I think that this is going to be probably one of the. I mean, I haven't really paid attention too much to the Gleak tournaments in the past couple of years, but I think this is going to be a really competitive tournament, and it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, it should be fun. And now sliding over to the women's side as well, their though, their buys have been secured for sure. I mean, we have clinched the North ahead of Parkside, the the one two in the North, and then there's Ashland. Ashland nineteen and zero. They are nineteen and zero. Extremely tough team to get past. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say? They're they're just so sound. They're such a great team. You just can't like, you can't put your mind behind a team going undefeated in conference play. I mean, just think they've never folded. They've never been down and out. They've always been with the mentality we're going to win every game, and they've done that. And yeah, that's just crazy. I mean, we have only lost to Ashland seventy nine to seventy in the first meeting, and then in the second we lost pretty big 105 to 74 so i mean if we go back to the first game we played well but i mean ashland is just that team that i feel like it's just going to be it's just going to kind of be like the team that is just has a stigma around them where it's just like oh like we're out we're playing ashland like we'll just play hard but i don't think we're gonna get past yeah it's it's that team where you're just like please don't draw them please don't draw them and then you get the draw of ashland and then you're like oh no we're doomed but that them and Grand Valley are probably the front runners. They're mm-hmm. they're both the top two teams in the GLIAC, and they are battling it out in the South, and they've clinched by a fair margin. It's the next person behind is Wayne State at nine and ten, compared to seventeen and two and nineteen and zero. So the South doesn't look as competitive, but it's March, baby. Anything can happen in yeah, March. Yeah, anything can happen in college basketball yeah. during during the month of March, and I'm really excited because we've seen what Ferris State is capable of. I mean. A lot of the girl, uh, a lot of the women on the women's team, they come to the rec and play basketball against just people, and they're extremely good. Oh yeah, I mean not like they're just extremely good, and it just gives you an appreciation just to like see how good college basketball players are compared to just the average Joe. And I think that they have the talent to do it, especially with Riley Blair, Andrea Anderson, Mallory McCartney, people that we've seen that are extremely good. Uh, but 
it's just a story of the it's just a tale of tape that it's just gonna be a battle with us of Ashland and Grand Valley and just gonna come down to who's gonna come over to that matchup, who's gonna have to draw them first in the their first game that they're gonna have to play. And it's just gonna be tough when we have those two very good teams in the South. Yeah, we I feel like if we're gonna sh- if we shoot the ball a little bit better. I mean, we've shot the ball pretty good in games this season. I mean, overall, 33% from three right now in conference, as well as 76 from the line. We can just amp those up a little bit in conference. I feel like we're going to do just fine. Because, I mean, watching them, they have good offense. They have good ball movement. It's just sometimes shots don't fall. It's basketball. The yeah. sh- not every shot's going to go in the hoop. It's just what it is what it is. But the other things, like defense – Hustling, getting 50-50 balls, working as a team, making sure everyone's on the right page. Those things can help win a tournament. Those little things are what help success breed. So I hope we take those into matters, and I really wish the Bulldogs luck in the GLIAC tournament. We will Definitely. be sticking to Especially since we do have – we're going to be playing the number six seed. I'm not sure who the number six seed is yet. That's yet to be determined, like, definitely – um, but since we're, I think we're going to be the number one, number three seed, we're going to be playing number six at home. So I think that's going to be a really good, uh, I think that's going to kind of be a big, um, factor into us playing well, but yeah, it, it should be good starting off the, the tournament with not, not as a, you're not going to want to get punched in the mouth. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to want to play well, but it's not going to be like the March madness where you're a 16 seed going up against the top team in the country. And it's kind of like, okay, here we go. But now, as we transition to the upper side of the D1 college now. basketball, moving into the D1 games, we were talking about on the last show on Tuesday. It was a very eventful, wow. eventful two days. A lot Ooh, of it was. very close games. We're going to start with the Maryland Terrapins against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. If you haven't tuned in, uh, try to go listen to that last one. You can see our predictions. But our guest, Zach, he said that Minnesota was going to be able to take the W over the Maryland Terrapins. They Maryland only won by one. It was 74-73. to 73, But halfway through that game, it looked like Minnesota was 100% in control. Yeah, up by 16 at half. It thought, oh, man, I might have to get Zach a donut or something. Like, yeah. this is wild. I can't believe this is actually happening. And then Maryland pulls around that comeback and ends up winning, which I think that was really a good testament to them being a top Especially team. since they haven't won on the road yet. Yeah, that was a big run on the road as they have not played that well on the road. But just looking at stats, Maryland – in the three ball, did not cooperate in that game, shooting 21%. And I feel like that's got to be one of the more strong suits for them is shooting the three. I mean, Anthony Cowan is such a great player. And then you got um, Smith as well. Yeah, Minnesota almost had double of Maryland's points in the three with 30. They shot 41%. for. They went 10 for 24. And I think that just – I'm kind of surprised by how much of a different that is and Maryland was still able to co- pull off the comeback. Yeah, and – it's one of those games where I think that was a real big reality check for Maryland. They only had a lead of one point in this game. And you are the ninth-ranked team in a country. against Playing, playing an, against an unranked team pretty low in the conference yeah, as well. That, that, I think that, that was probably a better-case scenario for them than blowing them out because I think that's going to be more of a lesson like, okay, boys, we're good, but we're not that good yet. We can figure it out, so... Yeah, it, and Maryland Maryland almost took 20 more shots than Minnesota and still shot worse, made less baskets than them. I mean, yeah. if you look at it, they went 25 for 66 from field goals and Maryland, for Maryland, and then Minnesota only shot 57 and they made 26. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. I mean, um, Arturo for Minnesota, he had a monster game. He had 28 points, 11 boards, and then um, as well for Carr, there come. They're, he's a really good guard, but yeah. he's he went, I believe, three for six from the line, two of five from three. Yes, and then 19 points with seven assists. He played very well. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota gave Maryland all they could handle. Anthony Cowan did not have a great night, especially from outside the arc. He was 0 for 8, and that's scary. But all, every shooter has a bad night. It's how many times have we seen a guy in the NBA like Kyle Korver have a night where he struggled? Not every great shooter is going to be just on 100%. Every, yeah, all, it's going to happen. Game. Every great shooter has slumps. It happens. So I'm not too worried about Anthony Cowan there. But Smith and Scott, the, foul, the, the forward duo, they combined for 27 points and 19 boards. That was huge in their comeback. 
But overall, I think this is a good game for um, Minnesota. Conf- kind of a reality check for Maryland as it's, well. Yeah. I wouldn't call it, now that now that I'm thinking about what I said, I don't really call it a great game for Minnesota because you blew the lead. But I hope that brings some confidence. Yeah, we can beat these top teams if we just can put two halves together. I mean, yeah. they did it for a half. They beat them in the half by, by a long shot. They dominated that half. Now, if they can pull that over for two, watch out Big Ten Tournament. Minnesota Definitely. is coming. Now we'll transition to the next game. We talked about um, the the second best team in Michigan, Michigan State Spartans versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> Michigan State was able to pull off the W, 78-70. to 70. These two teams are very evenly matched. They both have a record of 19-9. and nine. Um, But, Brandon, uh, what do you think about the Spartan-Hawkeye matchup? It was a... It was a good game. I mean, I was unfortunate enough not to catch this game due to um, studying reasons. <laughs> but overall, it's I wouldn't say good to get see Michigan State get the win being Michigan fans. I mean, I'm not opposed to Michigan State. I mean, obviously, if those two are playing against each other, you know who I'm rooting for. But I'm, not, I'm personally not that big of a Hawkeye fan. I, I, I just don't really yeah. – I don't really have a vibe for the Hawkeyes. So it's – I mean, it was just that team that's always been in the Big Ten. Like we've, yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's just like an indifferent team that, like, we don't, we don't want. I mean, it's just like, oh, Iowa won, good. Oh, Iowa lost, that's okay. It's just whatever. But for Iowa, we talked about how Luke Garza needed to perform as well. He scored twenty, had nine rebounds, three assists. I think if he had a really good effort in this one, but Michigan State just had a little bit of better. They had two guys in twenty points. Um, another guy was seventeen. Aaron Henry was seventeen. Um, Cassius Winston with 20, Rocket Watts with 21. I think that was a really good Watt, uh, a really good performance by Rocket Watts oh, being yeah. the being the freshman guard. Yeah, he he stepped up huge in that game. I mean, and we might, talked about how I mean he might have had to step. Uh, we talked about in the last episode how we, he might have to step up to to beat this team, and he did. Yeah, he really did. And Cassius Winston was really efficient, and Rocket was more of like that dynamic guy where I'm gonna go try to score, and he put the ball in the hole pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't look at like it in the stat sheet because he took 17 shots. But still, making nine of them out of 17, that's still really good. He that's better with, than 50%. Oh, yeah. It's much better than 50%. Well, not technically on paper, but theoretically, I mean, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, Aaron Henry also had 17. Don't sleep on him. He had six rebounds and four assists. He was a really big team player for them. Iowa did not shoot the three ball well, and I think that's what cost him. They only shot only 20, 22%. Yeah, 6 for 27, which is not. Yeah. That's going to be the part that Iowa needs to be the top, a top Big Ten team. And Definitely. That's, that's, and, and to perform well in the Big Ten tournament, yeah, I think. It, it's got to happen. You have to shoot the ball. Because I, like, I feel like they rely on Luke Garza a good amount. And when he – I mean, he played well this game, but when he not, doesn't play very well, I feel like – I feel like it's not like in shambles, but it's just kind of like a little bit of rickety, a little bit. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, put it in layman's terms. Iowa didn't play well. We can say whatever put we it want. In layman's terms. Yeah, put it in layman's terms. They did bad. There you go. They did bad. So now moving into our last game. This was wow. I I don't even know what to say about this game because this game, I was not. A, a 9% chance to win. Hey, my Duke, 11 doesn't look too bad right now, I, does it? Shut up, man. <laughs> the Duke Blue Devils, the number seven ranked team in the nation. Blew it. Law, blew, yeah, blew it. <laughs> blew it to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. The whole game. I'm looking at Stashy. First quarter was 39 to 39. Second quarter, or first half, 39 to th- they scored 39-39. Second half, man, why am I saying quarter? <laughs> Second half. They both scored 40 points. Overtime one. Both scored 18 points. And overtime two, in the second overtime, Wake Forest just dominated them with 16 points over Duke's four points with a 113-101 to 101 win. I was not expecting this at all. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing about this game. Do you know how many free throws they shot in that game to combined? 84. Oh, my God. 84. Wake Forest went to the line 50 times, and they put it in 37. Duke shot great from the free throw line. 91%, 31 yeah. for 34. That's unheard of in college basketball with these teams. A lot of teams are going away from practicing free throws, it seems like. Or and they... it's interesting to see that they only shot 11, that Wake Forest only shot 11 threes. And made the same amount as Duke shooting 23. That's, I just want, wow. <laughs> I, I'm just interested in how much they shot. 
I f- well, most of their points probably came from free throws and field in. I mean, probably jumpers and two pointers. But yeah, I, that's just crazy for how long that game went, and they only shot eleven threes. Yeah, they they pound the they pound the rock inside a lot. But I mean, I did, I've never really like looked at Wake Forest basketball, so I don't know if they're a three heavy team or just more try to get it inside and work in the paint. But that I ju- I just don't know what to say because I'm just mind blown about how they won the game. Yeah, and a, two, a nine. I'm not wait no a six percent a six percent chance to win the game. I'm pretty sure should have been eleven. Oh my god! That's <laughs> no, I'm just um no. Wake Forest starters got it done. They, I mean, their bench only combined for I believe it was fifteen points, and their starters did all the heavy lifting. Each one of them had over fifteen points. Yep, sixteen from um. Their forward, Mucius, I believe his name is, 25 from Sartre, 17 from Childress, 24 from Brown, and then 16 from Neath, their other guard. Duke, though, it was a little more spread out. I mean, Wendell Moore had 25, Trey yeah. Jones with 24. You like to see that with kind of – I mean, he's only a sophomore, but with that with that leadership that he's been throwing on, especially with having the reputation of him being part of that, that really good freshman five, I guess – I feel like that was just a really good – for him to show, like, he's kind of, like, new now the leader on the team. I mean, he's only a sophomore, but with 24. Cassius Stanley with 14. And then on their bench, Matthew Hurt had 12. Alex O'Connell with 8. It was kind of more spread out than Wake Forest, but Wake Forest starters, I mean. They got it with done. How, with how good and how much of a reputation that this uh, Duke team has. They took it to them. They, they really did, yeah. I, yeah, we're, it. I mean, just listening to us talk about it, we're baffled. We we did not see this coming. We had Duke in our picks by a long shot, and Wake Forest pulls out the upset. And this is why you love March Madness. That's coming up. Is this these things happen all the time? We know they're going to happen, and it's exciting to find out who will be the next victim. But definitely now, as we move into our new games coming up that we will be predicting for Thursday. Joe, what games we got on tap? Coming up, our Michigan Wolverines, number 19 in the country, are taking on the unranked Wisconsin Badgers in a Big Ten matchup. ESPN agrees with me and probably with you, Brandon. Michigan's got a 71.6% chance to win. <laughs> Easy. I feel like it's it should be more, but it's going to I feel like it's just going to come down on how well Michigan plays and is it at is it at uh is it at Michigan? Or is it at Wisconsin? Uh, shoot, I actually. Oh, it's at Chrysler. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This, I there's no th- there's no chance. I have, Michigan's gonna win this game, especially at at home. At yeah. home, it with how okay, Michigan fans one of the best in the one of the best in the country. That's not even biased. That's just overall one of the best in the country, especially at a home home court against an unranked team. It's I'd be baffled. It's just going to be another Duke-Wake Forest thing if Wisconsin beats them. But Michigan, I feel like, has got it locked up in the bag. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. These two teams have not played each other yet. And both teams have won at least their last four. Uh, Michigan's won more than their last four. Uh, Michigan's five straight right now. So. Yeah, five straight. Uh, Wisconsin did have one Against little... some pretty good teams as well. I mean, MSU, Indiana, Purdue. Oh, yeah. They, not, not... It's nothing to shake us. Like, it's... Yeah, none of those teams were like cakewalks, walking walkovers, but Wisconsin did have one little little bump in the road. They lost to Minnesota over there. But they also beat Purdue and Ohio State, so two pretty good teams in the, in the Big Ten as Purdue's well. Purdue's not so. that good, though. I mean, it's Purdue, though, so I mean, it's still just like, yeah. yeah. It's just a reputation. True, thing. but I think Michigan has to shoot well. If they shoot well, they're one of the best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. If they don't shoot well, they're one of the worst, because we rely on the shot a lot, like a lot. I want to see more from John Teske. Personally, I'm starting to go on the I'm starting to go on the train with Mr. Davis. I don't know. Austin Davis has played really well. Mr. Big Country himself. Mr. I'm Big Country. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit Yeah, that's his nickname though, Big Country. That's what they call him around call him around Ann Arbor, it. but um he's he's been great. Teske's been he's been dynamic, but the thing with Teske is he just he shows the or just shows the light for a second. He gives us a moment, and then it's kind of like, oh no, what's going on? Because he he'll miss a easy layup or just absolutely hack a guy under the basket and get an easy foul. We just have these moments where Teske just kind of gives this question, like, wait, why'd you do that? Why or 
oh, how did you miss that? Are you serious? But mm-hmm. it's kind of frustrating to see that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we get it. College basketball, it's hard. You're playing against. You're playing under the lights. Seeing how many people in the stands, it's got to be different. But anyway, I think that John Teske can get it together in this game. I mean, Wisconsin's been notoriously known for having big men dominate in the paint, uh, especially when you got guys that have come through there like Kaminsky, and then they had that that guy last year. I forgot his name, but. Hap, yes, yeah. Ethan Hap, yeah, but he was very good as well. But this could be a testament game to, to see our big step up because I mean our guards have played pretty well overall. I mean obviously shooting is the question mark, but when Livers is back, dude, this team, this team could really make a run in the tournament. And I'm not sugarcoating it; they could be in a a, a Final Four team with Livers back with the dynamic of them playing together this mm-hmm. well. Because when he's been on the floor, dude, it's changed the game. Yeah, coming up this Saturday now to transition to our next game. It's the Michigan State Spartans versus Maryland Terrapins. Like we said, Maryland off that really close game against Minnesota. Michigan State with a win over Iowa. Excuse me. I feel like this is going to be a very evenly matched game, although it is at the Xfinity Center in Maryland. I have a feeling that Michigan State can hand hand Maryland their their first home loss. Really. Oh wow! As my, I mean, I don't. I'm not a huge Michigan State fan, but I think they have the capabilities to do it. Especially since Rocket Watts played really good last game. Uh, Cassius Winston played really good, really good game. I think it's just going to kind of come down to their big men as well with Xavier Tillman and stuff like that. But yeah, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited for this game. I mean, Michigan State coming off their win over a good Iowa team, and then that questionable game with Maryland when they almost lost to Minnesota. I mean. This could be a prime game for Maryland to come back and win at home. They've been one of the best, if not the best, college basketball home court advantage team. Mm-hmm. They're they're undefeated at home right now. I could honestly agree with you. Michigan State could they could come out with the win in this one. They might pull off an upset. I'm gonna lead lean a little bit towards Maryland. I mean they got a it's a 56 to 43 percent predictor split. Maryland having the 56, mm-hmm. but. It's it, You can put a coin flip on this one. I think they just have the 56 because Maryland's been so good at home this year. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've seen what Michigan State's capable yeah, of. Yeah, we've seen what they can do when they're in as a unit and they can play together really well. I It's possible. It definitely is. And our final Big Ten matchup that we're going to cover is the Penn State Nittany Lions versus Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, two very evenly matched teams. Penn State 16 in the country. Iowa's 18. They're both in the middle of the Big Ten Conference. It's kind of going to be a very big decision maker for where they're going to be standing in the Big Ten Championship bracket, kind of. Uh, but, Brandon, Iowa has a 65% chance over over Penn State. Penn State only has 34%. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. All right. <laughs> well, here's why. Penn State is in a slump. They're in a down spot. They lost to Illinois. They lost at Indiana. And they barely won at home against Rutgers. Which Rutgers isn't isn't a walkover. I, I understand that. None of those teams are like really bad. They're not Northwestern Nebraska mm-hmm. bad. But Penn State's struggling. And this could be a time where Iowa, they're, they've got to be hungry after that Michigan State loss. They shot the ball bad. Fran McCaffrey's probably having them shoot 300 threes before they leave practice or something obscure. but Something you, to get them back on track for yeah, that tough loss. You've got you to gotta think that Iowa's going to be have a, just this motivation to beat a team like Penn State that they couldn't do against Michigan State. I, I think that this could be a downfall spot for Penn State. I feel like they've been on a really hot streak, and now we might start to see their true colors a little bit going into the tournament. Because they have them really high in the, the bracket. I believe they're like a six seed or maybe a four seed. No, they're actually a four seed. I think that's a little high for Penn State. I personally think they're more of a five or a six seed. I mean, they also have Iowa as a six seed, and I think they're a little lower as that as well. But there's plenty of season left to be played, really, with the, the conference tournaments that we haven't even got to yet. But I would have to go with Iowa in this one just because of the role that Penn State's on. I mean, Lamar Stevens and those guys need to step up in order to win this game. If Iowa shoots the three ball well, I think you can put the Hawkeyes down in Penn. Definitely. But 
Now, as we transition into Joe's fact of the day, Joe, it's your time to shine, dude. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I love I love doing this. I love just looking up facts. All right, hit a, hit us. This with one's it. a little bit old school. If you haven't heard the story, there is a very very expensive rare card called the Honus Wagner card. I don't know the whole story. I know that he, uh, the background, why he's so expensive is that there was a company, uh, I think in like the 1920s, I believe there was a cigarette company that uh, had baseball cards inside them. And uh, during the time Honus Wagner was in and those cards sell for a lot. Brandon, the most recent Honus Wagner card that sold broke the record for the most, the most expensive uh, baseball card to ever be sold or the most expensive sports card to ever be sold. The old record was $2.8 million. Brandon, how much money how did much? it sell for? Oh my, it's a Honus Wagner card, bro. It's it broke. Be. It broke the record of two point eight million. So that's your only hint. That's okay. The fact that you paid and two. and the thing is, that's in. I don't know if it's in mint condition, but a pack of those. If someone has a original pack of those cigarettes, the the pack itself, I think, costs like hundred fifty grand for the chance of a Honus Wagner card. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. 150 grand for a chance. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to think about how like expensive you can find like gems like this. I mean, to buy. I I can't believe some people are selling these things, but I mean, really baseball cards is what brought American industry to shop like to shopping is you would buy cigarettes as a a male and you they would get your kid a card when you'd get like the cigarettes that's how they used to like get you to buy cigarettes is for like the playing cards and the other things and coupons for like the the the, the moms of the family but that's crazy i gotta there's think a, there's an estimated less than 60 cards that still exist oh my gosh 60. all right i'm gonna make a guess of four million that's my guess you're pretty close it was 3.12 million okay it was sold through golden auctions uh in 2017 or excuse me, no, in uh, yeah, in twenty, I think, excuse me, two thousand seven, I believe, and that's just insane. That is that, crazy. Three point one, what was it, five or eight? Three point one two million. Oh, one two, but it was two. The re- old record was two point eight million. Okay, that's where I got the number messed up, but still, but three point one incredible. two million dollars for a playing card. That's I, I, crazy. That's I just wild. can't. That's so much money. I know. I I, just, I got like seven dollars in my wallet right oh now. My, I dude, I watch. If I could imagine that much money for a baseball card, that would I be can't, ridiculous. Yeah, little. Side, it makes me think what what cards today are gonna be like. Oh the my, ones that are gonna sell for a lot. Can you imagine somebody holding on to a Michael Jordan basketball card? Like some like years not from even now? not even rare right now. And yeah. it'll just be. But it's like yeah. Poke, like the Pokemon card. Crazy, but now we have a new segment. The probably one that we're very excited to announce. Oh, every, baby! Every fifth show, me and Brian are going to be uh, just us two in the studio, and we're going to be bringing you uh, the hot five, the top five hottest takes in our opinion that we're going to be giving. So right now, Brandon, to start off the process, Joel Embiid, he declared himself the best player in the world after a very good performance in the All Star game and a pretty dominant performance over the Brooklyn Nets. Do you agree with his statement that he is the best player in the world? Absolutely not. Okay, that is absurd. He's, I can't okay. believe he would okay. say something like that. I would understand like if that. he had like a good performance against like a good team, like if they played like the Lakers or something. But the Nets, the Nets don't have Irving. They don't have Durant. Who do they have? Like if you if they act, was Kyrie out at that point? Yes. There's no one. Why? There's, why? Why would you say? <laughs> Okay. okay, you put At least that when, many okay, points up on thing. DeAndre Jordan. LeBron, are you kidding? When LeBron, like, I think it was like two when Cavs were in the finals and he called himself, I'm not worried because I'm the best player in the world. I agreed with that because he's good. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that Joel Embiid's good, not good either, but like, he's a good player, but he's not the best in the league. He no. might be the best big man in the league. Mm. I'd, I'd agree with the best big man, but I don't think he's the best player. I in the disagree league. with that. You don't think he's the best? Jokic, most dynamic. I, I have to put with Jokic. I, the Joker. I mean, I, dude, I, he can pass like literally a point guard. He can pass I better than some I point guards. I understand that, but Joel Embiid's ability to just 
handle the ball for a big man is way better than Jokic's, in my opinion. Yeah, I I mean, he's... You're stumbling a lot over your words No, I'd put him in the top three, but I can't put him at number one. I can't. Johan Bede? He's not not that um, consistent. He's he's had games... That's a very... very, That's a a ballsy prediction by Johan Bede calling himself the best player in the world. Especially with the talent that's in the league right now. Yeah, I... I can't agree with that. That's that's bogus. I'd say over. I he just yeah. That's a very bogus. Very very. Yeah, I don't even know what to say because Joel Embiid. Props to props to you for being for being confident in yourself, but wow, (laughs) maybe a little bit too confident. A little bit, but now in our second topic of the hot five. Major League Baseball is coming. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new start for franchises. Who's going to win the World Series this who's year? Gonna, who's going to be the best p- team in the league this year? Dude. Brandon, Brandon you, you were kind of smelling before the show. Why don't, why don't you enlighten us? Bro, I really like the Braves. I really do. You, Oh, my word. I really bro. do. I, I don't know if I put them at number one. I mean, it's hard to put money against like the the Yankees or the Dodgers, because both of those teams are phenomenal. I'd have to probably say the Dodgers might be number one right now, but I the I believe it is um the MLB early 2020 power rankings have the Braves six. Mm-hmm. They're top three in my mind. I think they're th- I think they gotta be at least third behind those two teams. I mean, obviously you got the Twins in there, you got the Astros. I don't know, dude. I'm just so hype on the Braves. I might be a little bit overstepping, but that'll be my bold take is the Braves. See, here's the thing. The Braves the will Do- finish in the top five. I feel like the Dodgers are going are going to win it all. Because, okay, here's the thing. Picking up Mookie Betts, probably one of the best decisions ever. You're going to have a ridiculous outfield. You're going to have – they're probably going to have Cody Bellinger play left, Mookie Betts play right, and Jock Peterson in the center fielder. That's Extra- wild. Extra- that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> no, continue. But, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, but and then you have a very good infield. You have Corey Seager at shortstop, Justin Turner at third. You have uh, Enrique Hernandez probably gonna play second. Corey Seager and Enrique Hernandez could probably switch between those two places. You just have a very very solid team, especially with how they played. Um, excuse me, I'm bl- I'm just kind of blanked on what I was gonna say, but. Especially how they played in the postseason and how well they do at the play and just how little mistakes they make. I feel like they're just going to be a very good – there's going to be no chance. They're going to make the playoffs, I feel like, in a – yeah, I'm going to say it. They're going to make a playoffs in a breeze. All right. It's going to be a breeze. That's probably Regular season is going to be a breeze. Wow. Okay. But my Braves, they've got Okunia, Albies, Freeman, Ozuna, Marcakis, Travis D'Arno, who's a sleeper in my opinion at catcher. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Johan yeah, Carmaga and or Margo, and then Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson is probably my favorite player in the league. That's a great lineup. They were already good my, last year. The one thing I'd hesitate to just put them on the throne right now is pitching. They have Fultonowitz, who is extremely good. They have Cole Hamels, who's a great veteran. They've got Mike Soroka. He had a little bit of a an off year last year. They have Sean Newcomb, who's playing really well. Then they also have Max Fried. I I think the pitching is what's going to hold me back a little bit from putting them that high. I think they need to make an acquisition to get somebody, and I really wish Donaldson would have stayed. That would have made this team that much better, but it's still a good team, though. They're really young. I get it. Mm -hmm. If they don't win at all this year, I get it. They're still young, but they could be a team we're talking about two years from now. If they keep the same guys, I feel like they could be a good team. I forgot to mention pitching for the Dodgers, too. They have Clayton Kershaw. They picked up David Price. They have Kenley Jansen. That's a solid rotation right there with just those three. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not a so- I'll say it's this. It's not a solid rotation as I'll say the Tigers this. had all those guys. Man. Astros don't make the ALC championship. I feel year. like that's a tough thing because I feel like they should do some more repercussions about what the Astros did with the cheating scandal. But I feel like if they make the postseason – People are going to be so mad at Manfred. I know. I, I kind of hope they don't. And it's not because I don't like the Astros, but the narrative of them making I the feel playoffs like, I feel is like going to be taken away. I feel away. like Manfred's just not doing enough. 
yeah. right now. For I I don't I don't agree with what's going with on. how a lot of other things have like go, how a lot of things have also like gone kind of under the radar that like and also some stuff that's not as serious as that which has gotten a lot more serious repercussions. I feel like he needs to do more. I don't. I mean, I'm not the commissioner of the MLB, so I don't really know know what he should he should do like which is like appropriate but i feel like he's just not doing enough yeah. and i feel like that's tough to make like kind of like have an opinion on it because it's just like i don't know what to do but i know that you're not doing what you should do and but like they they cheated like i i just cannot put them in my mind into the the ALCS right now just because of the fact that it's going to drive my mind crazy mm-hmm. So, I'll be the first one to say it. I I kind of think they're not going to make it. And I say kind of because they're probably one of the best teams in the AL and if they do make it there I won't be surprised, but definitely. In in a little slim part of like my mind, I kind of want them not to. But that's it's just because once they get there, it's going to be, "Do you guys cheat again? What would you do now?" And yeah. then everyone's going to be like, "Investigate them." And well, I mean, if you look about if you look over. at it, when Detroit played them in spring training just recently, there's booze all over the place for there's booze for Jose Altuve when yep. Springer came up to bat. Everybody that can there's booze when when Jose Altuve got hit in the foot. Yeah, like unintentionally, everybody was cheering. Yeah, it was just yeah, it's it's such a messy subject. It's just you just kind of want to yeah. let that thing go. But moving into number three, we've got. Our early college football predictions out. Who's gonna make the college football playoff, or who wins? Either your either your choice. Here's the thing. I was kind of more centered on what L- like. I mean, there's a lot of things that people can do, but with LSU, everyone like LSU fans are like, oh, they're not. They're gonna make it again. Like it's not like we lost all these people. False. You've lost a ridiculous. Like, you're yeah. not gonna have a good like. You're gonna ha- you're probably gonna go back to having like a five loss season, in my opinion. Five losses. Four or five. Because wow. I mean, you lost Joe Burrow, the best quarter, probably arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play college football. Okay. You lost your, I think it was defensive coordinator, right? Um, yeah, defensive coordinator Dave Aranda to to Baylor. He's a new head coach. I feel. Uh, I just feel like he's not gonna be, and it's. They lost their passing game coordinator, Joe Brady. He's the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers now. So I feel like they just lost a lot of key people. Like, not just players as well, like Joe Burrow, but key people that that kind of let that made it that the team was so good, and I feel like they're just not going to have a good season. Yeah, and it's tough to say it, but we might even be talking now about going back to Alabama-Clemson again. And it's which stinks because I thought I thought that the Alabama reign was over finally, but yeah, but I mean, Tua's gone. There, um, Jerry Judy's gone on the offense, but Mac Jones isn't bad. Yeah, He's and not I mean, bad. Clemson, Clemson, they have Trevor Lawrence returning. Yeah, I think I think Clemson's the front runner. I think definitely. I think, I, think o- win. I think Ohio State's going to be number two as well. I disagree. You think so? I disagree. Well, never mind. I forgot that they have two very good defensive people. Yeah, defensive Chase players. Young is gone. Jeff Okuda is going to be gone. Okuda is going to be gone. I still think they're going to make the top four. I, I think they're not going to make the top two, but they'll they'll make the top four, I feel like. I mm, I personally think that Dobbins is going to be the – I wouldn't say like the downfall, but they won't get to the national championship because they won't have a guy like J.K. Dobbins. That's true. I still feel like they'll be in the top four, though, as well. I I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to be number five again. But the fact is, who's behind them, really? I mean, the top five, in my opinion, are just a step above everybody else. I don't think they have Penn State at six in this ranking, as well as Florida at seven. Florida. Florida. What did they do last year? I can't believe you would put Florida there. Above Georgia. If anything, well, wait, J- uh, Jake Fromm declared for the draft, didn't he? Yes, I believe so. Well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I actually. hope the Lions don't pick Fromm. If they pick Fromm, it's just going to be like another Matt Stafford. Yeah, but he's going to be worse than Stafford. Yeah, true. But there's a lot of good teams that um, they could make the playoff. But How I do you th- think about Michigan, though? That's the thing. 
Because for Michigan, I'm gonna. I'm they're gonna, not. They're not gonna be top four. I don't think. I'm gonna put. But them, they should be higher than what they are. I'm gonna like. put them in the top six, but they're end up gonna be finishing around twelve to fourteen or whatever. They're gonna do the same thing as they always. It's do. gonna be the same thing as always. I don't understand how we can change this besides maybe making a coaching change, and it's hard to say that. But they also have a lot of other teams in here, like Texas and Texas A&M, who always start in the top like fifteen, and they always end up. Out of the rankings because yeah. they always play bad. I don't know what you can really. My change. favorite part was when uh, Tech, like two years ago, was it when Texas was really good, and well, what's his name, Sam Eller, right? That's their quarterback's name. Uh, I know his last Ellinger, name. Ellinger, yeah. yeah. And he was like, "Longhorn Nation, we're back." It's just like you can't say that and then have a season like you did last year. Yeah, I he, feel like that was just like interest, kind of like interesting. Interesting thing enough, North Carolina. He's in the top 25. What? Yes. They're 22. Above, wait for it, Baylor. They're above Baylor. I didn't pay attention enough to Baylor to see who they lost or who they gained or whatever, but that's... They've, they've lost a bit. I mean, they've lost... Looks like they're um, one of their ends, a tackle, a couple linebackers, safety corner... Um. And they they're all American linemen there, um, James Lynch. They've all decided to leave. But there's still enough there. I mean I understand the coaching thing, but against I think North Carolina could be good in the future, but I don't think they're that good yet. I know no, Mac I Brown's so taken over. It's only their second year, and they weren't that great last year. They mm. were good, but they weren't that great. I don't feel like they're gonna finish in the top twenty five. No. Yeah. I don't. Wow, we we agreed on something. Wow, no, would you look at that? Yeah. Wait, who, who would have thought? Who was your playoff winning team? Who was my playoff winning team? Yeah. Clemson. Okay. It's gonna be Clemson or Alabama probably. Yeah, I don't. I mean, those are the only two teams that are really that good enough to Definitely, do it. Yeah. But now moving into number four. Yep. Yep. We got our top wide receivers in the NFL. Yes. Who's your favorite? Or not I, favorite. Who do you think is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, right now? Right now, I'd say it's DeAndre Hopkins. Really? You kind of took a while to respond there, Brandon. Wow. Why, don't you, why don't you enlighten <laughs> enlighten me? Enlighten me on who you think is best. Are we well, this is best receiver in the NFL as a player, right? Mm-hmm. Not stats. We're not going off the, the best stat receiver. Because then we'd have to go with Michael Thomas. Yeah, true. I think it's Julio still. You really think so? I think so. I think it's DeAndre Hopkins for how, how well he can create space. Because if you've seen, have you seen the videos of just it, where the fo- camera is focused on him from the start of the snap to the end of the play? Yes. He can, he creates separation so easily. And he's quick off. He has very good acceleration. He's fast. He's just good. He's probably the best, in my opinion. Oh, I, I he doesn't have that physical threat that Julio does. I'm sorry. I have to, I that can't. Is, I mean, yeah, he's smaller, but. he's I, I mean, he's good. He's a great vertical receiver, and I think he's a great outside receiver. And if any team could get him, they would put get their hands on him immediately. But Julio's better, dude. I, I can't. Julio's just a little bit better. I think he's fast, a little bit faster, and I think he's just a better physical threat at receiver. Well, I mean, I mean, DeAndre, I get, DeAndre Hopkins would make my top three, but he's not number one. I mean, he did have a lot. I have him number three. I mean, I know you didn't want to go over stats, Brandon, but I got throwing some stats. Oh, so you're going to do that now? I'm No, I'm just going to put it out <laughs> there for the people who are listening to make their decision rather than you just yelling at me all the time. Anyways. I do not yell at you all the time, okay? All the time. Don't let him lie to you. This anyways. is the fun part about this part of the show is we can finally yell at okay, each other. Okay, well, anyways, stop talking, Brandon. You stop. <laughs> in 2019, last season, he had ele- over 1,100 yards. He had 1,165. He averaged 11 yards per 11 yards per touch the ball, and he had seven TDs. I mean, it was a little low p- than his past couple years, but I feel like averaging 11 yards after once after the after ele- averaging 11 yards per rece- per receiver reception. Re- yeah, sorry, I could not think of the word. You're good. I just feel like that's just a kind of not cements, but it just shows how how he is the best in the league, in my opinion. 
I mean, I can't say like he's trash because he's not. Yeah, he's, he's top three. Trash. I have him three. I have him behind with Michael. his with his abilities. I think he's number one. Man, just for how good he is. I and for how how wide of a repertoire he has for what he can okay. do. Julio had an off year this year, and he had almost fourteen hundred yards and six TDs. Fourteen hundred yards, and it was just, this was an off year because he wasn't really that like well, he's, involved is he in the, the offense. Main, he's the main target for Atlanta. Yeah, but of they, course he's gonna have fourteen hundred. But yards. he was not like he didn't. His offense was trash. That doesn't matter. Even if if you're the main if you're the Matt main Ryan rec- if you're the main bad this year if you're the main receiver for a team you should have over a thousand yards. Right. So Hopkins should be had in a, that category. Yeah, and he did. But you said he had an off year. But it's just like, no, he had an off year. He was he didn't do what he's capable of doing. But the main their reason offense had, was so But the main bad, reason he had they, so many yards is because he's the main guy. He gets thrown to a lot. So that means Hopkins should get the ball more. That one second. Come on, man, dude. They don't. Julio literally had to go off of Matt Ryan to get the ball because Matt Ryan was bad. Let's, that is we, true. We can't sugarcoat it. He was he was supposed to be the number two, three, three fantasy quarterback this year. Number three? They had them that yes. high? Yes. He was literally in the draft rooms, picked in the first like four rounds in some of them. The first four, or I wouldn't say first four, four to five round. That's absurd. I I mean... Do you know where he finished? He was average. He almost threw as many touchdowns as picks, I think. He's going to pull a Jameis Winston? No. (laughs) No. They didn't have a running game either, so Julio should have gotten the ball more, but he didn't. They gave it to other guys like Calvin Ridley and tried to get them more involved. But In in my opinion, just based on his ability, DeAndre Hopkins is the best. Okay. Top three. Top three? Who do you have in your top three? Let me think about that. You say you're a top three. Let me think about my, okay. let me think about my top three real quick. Julio, Michael Thomas, Downer Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins third. You don't even have him second. Third. That I have it. I Honest, probably have honestly, it. Honestly, I could switch Michael Thomas to one and Julio to two. I just don't want to put him there because the stats were the, are the only thing that's going to inhibit his abilities because everyone thinks he just gets the ball all the time, and he's not I really think, that good. I think it would be DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and I don't know who my third would be really. Julio's not in your top three? I don't think so. Oh my I don't know gosh. who it would be, but are I know it's definitely kidding? not Julio. He'd probably be in my top five at least, word. but he's not in my top three. What? Who's going to replace him, dude? Who's replacing him at three, Joe? I That's... Oh, oh my no. gosh! Oh man, maybe we should move on to the next one. Maybe one sec. Let me. My goodness, are I... you serious? Julio's not in your top three. No. Just take out the the aspect he's on the Falcons. He'd be number. He might be the best receiver in the NFL with a different team right now. That's true. There you go. Well, I mean, he's on the Falcons. You gonna put Kenny Galladay up there? Yeah, he's the he's the no. I'm Kenny Kenny Galladay, best best receiver in the Kenny league. Galladay, he's the best. One. I think. I mean, I can't. I don't know. I guess so. Who my? I think Julio's probably four, three or four. Okay. I'd say with what I think my to that would beat Julio in like the three or four spot is probably Larry Fitzgerald. I think. And I mean, I know it kind of. I know it's kind of the same thing, like. Cardinals aren't very good, but I mean Larry Fitzgerald. He's shown that he's a very good receiver. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's not. I mean, I, I wouldn't put him three, but that's just your opinion. So, yeah, my opinion's garbage. No, it's not. Moving on. Yeah, mo- last debate let, topic. Probably, probably the most favorite one. The one I'm looking forward to. The mo- what is your coolest favorite or coolest favorite best? favorite coolest whatever you want to call it college mascot? And do take in fact. The Ferris Bulldogs do not count in this situation, I mean, sadly. And they must, not, not to, and the mascot must have an, uh, be an actual mascot. It can't be like, like Michigan. Like, can't be like Michigan. It has to be like. It can't be Michigan because they don't have an actual Like Michigan like mascot. State where they actually have Sparty walking around? Yes. It has to be a physical figure as the mascot. Hot take, Oregon Mandrake. 
No, in the like the rebrand. You the actually rebrand. T- you actually took my pick with um. No, I the, no the definitely Oregon not Oregon. Duck, I don't. Not don't the like mandrake. The Are you? Ki- <laughs> that like, was terrible. The, the the absolutely like ripped duck that like has abs and like muscles and he's got like a weird helmet on. That was awful. I don't know. And like he in- they introduced him as like, they still had the Oregon duck, but they had him like. Yeah. They introduced him at some game and like the people like were just. I think he like flopped in like less than a season. This is how I'd put it in social media. I'd put puddles. Puddles is the name of the Oregon duck. His name is Puddles. Or- yes. I thought it would be something else, no, not it's puddles. puddles. It's puddles, bro. Why is it puddles? <laughs> because they, I don't know. They, they. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> dude, he's still okay. He's still I, a cool I think mascot, he though. he goes up on the list just because of puddles. Dude, look at that. Look at that I'm guy just saying, right there. We're I'm looking d- at him on the screen right now, I'm and he looks great. All I'm saying is, I, for other mascots, I'm just this kind of off topic. But for some mascots, I'm just like, what are you like the West, Western Kentucky Big Red, which is like a red blob. Yeah, in uh, Syracuse. Too. Syracuse Big Orange. Yeah, where it's literally <laughs> just an orange. He's got like a blue. He's got a Syracuse hat on. He's a, he's literally an orange. Man, you can crack him open and uh, you can eat him. Wow. Okay, but who's your top favorite? Mine has to be Puddles. If we're going by NCAA college football 2014, the video game, when you're playing okay. in mascot mashup, that was fun. I'd though. go with the Stanford tree only because <laughs> the way he held, only the way because when he held the ball, it was like a foot away from his body, oh. and when you're running, it was just bobbing up and down. <laughs> that's and like when it was throwing, the it's tree. just funny because he didn't have any arms. But oh my, that's funny. If we're going off. I got to think about that. I didn't really give a lot of... Dude, that's... that's I thought funny. I had my pick with... Uh, I liked uh, Texas's. If we're going, like... Oh, the long... Will we count yeah, Texas's yeah, yeah. because it's just, like, an actual yeah. real longhorn? Yeah, it's a physical figure. I like that one just because of, like, how cool it is. Just, like, just to have, like, a... Just to have, like, the big longhorn in yeah. the cage. Also, funny thing. Did you see when uh, uh the... Yeah. So Georgia's you're- Bulldog... Went up by the Longhorn, and they only had, like, the metal dividers. Like, yeah. when they have, like, a concert, yeah. they only had him blocking it from, like, the <laughs> rest. So, he literally just, like, pushed it down, like, no problem, and was, like, going after you, like, yeah. the Bulldog. And I was like, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Bevo, bro, he's he's scary. But what can, I, I what think, can get more college, or more college students wild up in Texas than a real Longhorn? I'd say probably my favorite. If we're going by, um, like, what they do for, um, like, pregame, I guess you could say, or something like that, I'd go with the Sooner Schooner or the Florida State Seminoles. Yeah, the Osceola Seminole is pretty sick. Because with this, he he rides out on a white horse. I think it's a white spotted horse. Yeah, it's a spotted horse. It's, he runs, he literally just books it out. He, like, does, like, two laps. The horse, like... I don't know, bucks up or whatever it's yeah, called. They, they buck the horse up to get the crowd And involved. then everyone gets hyped. He has, a, like, a flaming spear, throws it at the center of the thing, and everyone just goes crazy. That's probably, like, the cool. I think that's one of the – probably my top three for coolest, like, mascot, like, things that they do. Or I'd probably go with the Sooner – like I said, the Sooner Schooner because – Dude, you see the Sooner uh, – that, Yeah, that that's probably over. the main reason because it tipped oh, over man. and it was hilarious. Dude, that's awful. Or right. or the War Eagle for Auburn. When I, it flies that was the, that was my second pick. Was the, the war, war Eagle? Those ones are really cool. The, like it's just like seeing seeing an eagle in a stadium. It's the most American thing. College so football, American. college football on a Saturday. Oh man, gotta eagle love it. flying around. Yep. It makes a grown man cry. Really, <laughs> it makes a grown it man makes a grown cry. man cry. But but honestly, pro- what is? I'm just looking up different college mascots right now. But Billiken, what is Billiken? Like. Wait, that's Billiken is a charm doll created by an American art teacher and illustrator. Um, it's on the mascots, but I don't know what team it's or what school it's for. Oh, it's um um. Oh my gosh, is it like? Oh, it's the official mascot of St. Louis yes, University. Saint, I actually ran against them. Fun fact: it's the it's a blob. It's literally like a. What is that? It's it's a very strange mascot. It's like it's like a baby with huge feet. <laughs> and a mohawk. What? What in the world? Okay. Oh, oh, okay. The statue looks weird, but the actual mascot they have is cooler. Dang. 
It's called Nang. No, I said Dang. That sounds oh, weird. Oh, I thought you said Nang. I was no. like, that's a weird name. All right. There's a weird one out there. Coastal Carolina. The t- Chauncey the Chanticleer. You know what, what a Chanticleer is? Isn't it like a mystical uh, chicken? It's a proud and fierce rooster. Come on. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, they did win the... Uh, they were very good. They are very good in baseball. That's like I'll the give only them credit. Thing, they, have a, they have a bright blue football field. I know that. Yeah, they have a very it's like a, it's like a teal mascot, teal but blue. it works. But there's some wild No, I take it back. Banana slugs. Those are my. That's my favorite. My Who fa- in the world is a banana slug? I'm pretty I'm, – is it San Diego State? I'm not sure if it's San Diego State. It's like, San Diego State's a, um, Aztec. They're the Aztecs. Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz, my favorite, <laughs> banana slugs. What? I'm never going to, I will never attend that school if they're, they call the banana slugs. Uh, that's crazy. I love it, dude. What? It's like, oh what? my word, it's literally like a yellow blob. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. There's some pretty obscure ones. I'll finish up with one more. They make the mascot look a lot better than what the actual thing is, though. Oh, what? Well, you know, at least at least that's good, but there's it, some crazy ones. But UC Santa Cruz, my yep, favorite. I just, I, I just found the picture for that. You know that there's a um there's actually a school called the Dirtbags. Yeah, California State. California State Long Beach. Dude, the California they're, the sub California schools, dude, they got some weird mascots. Wait, what's that one above it? Keggy the Keg? Dartmouth. Keggy the Keg from Dartmouth. It's the unofficial mascot of Dartmouth. This and segment has gone from they, our favorite to just, like, crazy mascots. <laughs> well, the funny thing is they actually didn't allow the keg because... Oh, they didn't? No, it's their unofficial mascot. The administration will refuse to make that their ma- official mascot. I would love that to be their mascot. <laughs> oh that would be hilarious. Gosh. That's... The bull weevil? <laughs> what? Yeah, so there's also the fighting pickle. And the fighting artichoke. Fighting artichoke. There's your banana slugs. Speedy the geoduck. Speed. <laughs> Speed. <laughs> oh, dude! I okay. We apo- we apologize for running this podcast over, but this is absolutely hilarious to us right you, now. So, do you know what a geoduck is? It's like a weird clam. It's a large mollusk. Yeah, it's like that a weird has a clam that body like, with a shell that looks somewhat like a duck. It looks nothing like a duck, but okay. Dude, he's wearing... If you want to see what we're laughing at, just look up Speedy the Geoduck and you'll realize why we're yeah. laughing. Go to Campus... Or, um, not Campus Explorer. Just Google the top... Or weirdest college um, mascots and it is a doozy. Some Very, of them are hilarious, but... Some of them are funny, but... Yeah, that's going to do it today for the MBSP. We appreciate you guys sticking with us for this long episode. We apologize for making it too long, but... Hey, we're having fun. We're we having were having fun and we hope you guys had fun too. Go explore sports. It is a absolutely great thing to have in our lives. Definitely. Catch us. Tuesday, we'll have another show. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday and Thursdays, as always, around 11 o'clock. We'll be uploading. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Brandon, Joe, good show. Good I'll see stuff. you Tuesday. Yep, see you guys.